Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Jana Wilson. We're going to be talking about her new book, The Wise Little One, and we're talking about learning to love and listen to her inner child. The book will be released July 12th, but it is ready for pre-sale. We'll give you out that link a little later. But she also has some wonderful retreats that we're going to be talking about today, uh, all about kind of our mental awareness, mental health, mental and emotional health, because emotions do bring about the mental um, anguish very often. So she says that uh, um, during her memoir, writing the wise little one, learning to love and listen to your inner child, the deeply moving book uh, is a courageous exposure of Jana's deepest childhood wounding. It ripens and brims with the compelling pose and authenticity uh, as we follow her success in integrating and healing her inner child in this empowering conversational prescriptive manoir. She's a victim of childhood abuse and trauma. Um, she would have wound up uh, as another statistic. Yet at the age of 12, she had a mystical experience that captivated her long life journey of learning, listening and learning to love herself. And in this breakout memoir, uh, The Wise Little One, we follow Jana as she develops a connection with her inner child. And through this connection, Jana captivates this unfakeable faith in self, spirit, and taking full responsibility for her soul's journey. I am really excited to hear about that. That is really what it's all about, isn't it? It's our soul's journey, uh, you know, along with the human experience. And things happen to us but when we change them around and look at them happening for us, doesn't make the experience good, doesn't make the experience wanted, but it does reveal our resilience, our courage, our strength, and very often abilities that we use in whatever platform for the rest of our lives. So although very unpleasant and nobody wants to go for that, it does kind of carve out who we are, doesn't it? Welcome to the show, hun. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm very happy to be here and share with your listeners. Well, and I mean, there's hardly anybody on this planet that hasn't had a child wounded within them, you know, as a little person going through something and there's always something there. And, you know, parents may do the very best and some parents should never be parents. And sometimes it's extended family or it's, you know, society as a whole. But very few of us, uh, very few people ever get through unscathed. But it is a question of how we, not anybody else, how we nurture that wound how we heal that wound because ultimately it is about it is the responsibility of us to do that isn't it it is absolutely and one of the uh, tests that clinicians give to really determine you know what type of trauma someone has because there's different traumas like you said I don't, I believe there's no one on the planet that has went unscathed because we're yeah. imperfect right yes. And even the best meaning parents, you know, still fail, mm -hmm. but there's, um, and we'll talk about that, the archetypes of childhood trauma with parents who are really, you know, functioning and the children aren't having major traumas, right? In my case, I wasn't that lucky and adverse childhood experiences. There's a test, as I was saying, clinicians give, there's 10 questions and I scored 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I answer yes to all 10. So my childhood was very rocky. Um, I even in the book, I share being in the womb. Now, we know that mothers who are pregnant and they're drug addicts or they're uh. drinking, it affects the baby. Right. But um, there's little research and little talked about mothers who are depressed, clinically depressed, who mm. are in domestic violence situations. The baby's still receiving all yes. of that. We are sentient beings. And so. Mm. While my mother was pregnant with me, I was born breech with a cord wrapped around my neck. When mm. I became a hypnotherapist, 
I discovered in hypnotherapy, I was the one who did it. Oh, whether or not we know that's true or not, right? Because it was hypnotherapy, it could be subject to, you know, we Mm -hmm. can't have that as a fact. But it sure makes sense because it was precognitive and preconscious trauma. I was receiving through that umbilical cord, all the cortisol, all the, you know, adrenaline, everything that she was going through with my father beating her sometimes while she was pregnant with me. So yeah, yeah, it was a very difficult beginning. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, there's several ways one could look at that. You know, the child resisting, I don't want to be born to this. All right. Uh, You know, and. Then one could look at, uh, I'm very, very much about, you know, the soul intellect um, that then comes into the body to ignite the human experience. Um, and you very often that soul is going, you know, hang on. No, do you really want me to come and live in this body in this exactly. particular life? You know, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and resistance, but resistance yeah. is futile. You have to go through this experience. But I'm very firm believer in the, you know, the, the DNA trauma, the trauma mm-hmm of our parents, the trauma of what is actually going on around you, but also past life trauma. And Mm -hmm. it makes up the building blocks, the cellular blocks of our memory. And very often, you know, um, in my past coaching, people having an an experience now that really has got nothing to do with this lifetime, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or it's happened to the great grandmother or or it, it was a past lifetime experience and we carry it. And very often we don't know what we're carrying. We don't know why we feel the way we feel uh, and we can't put in an explanation to it. And that can be actually sometimes more frustrating than the knowing. It can. I agree with you. Intergenerational trauma. You know, I was trained by Dr. Brian Weiss. I am a regressionist therapist. Um, I rarely take clients through regression into past life. They have so much to work on in this lifetime. And if we are dealing with something that could usually when we look at their family of origin, either maternal or paternal side, we begin to see a, a story you know, reveal itself of the intergenerational trauma. And you're probably aware of that study they did where they took rats and they spray, they would shock them. And when they would shock them, they would spray them with like a rose scent. And so they associated the rose scent with a shock. Then eventually they stopped shocking the rats and they only sprayed the rose scent. And of course the rats behaved as if they had been shocked because they associated it. Then they stop the rose scent. Of course, no more shocking. The rats have babies. They spray the babies with the rose scent and they behave as if they've been shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's we have to remember we're all cellular structure and every single cellular structure has a memory, right? And every single, um, the trillions of cells in our body are all there for a purpose, Uh, One breaks down, it starts contaminating the rest. And this is where we have Mm -hmm. diseases like cancer and everything else. But that's also the same for post-traumatic trauma. You know, or or, as you said, generational trauma there. There is a memory that you're carrying. And I had 152 lifetime memories removed from me, which Mm. was quite extraordinary. I felt incredibly different afterwards, literally Mm. lighter. My daughter was having terrible time sleeping at night, horrible nightmares. And at the age of four or five, I took her to a hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapist, and we found out that in at least two, maybe three past lifetimes, she was abandoned in the dark. Mm. And when we could tell her that is no longer, that's not you, you're safe. You, you know, you're not going to be abandoned. That was someone else. It's amazing how quickly at that young age she would sleep in her room, then with the light on, and then shortly after the light off because she felt safe because she knew mm. it wasn't her lifetime. And I think this is the thing we carry so much that we think it's only what happened to us yesterday or a week ago. It isn't. We carry mm-hmm. our history with us. We carry our family's history with us. We carry. Absolutely. Why do we see people who have been horribly abused then have their own children abuse their own children? They mm-hmm. know the pain they're inflicting, but it's the only pattern they know. Mm-hmm. They haven't been reprogrammed. Yes. Yes, I agree. And that was similar with my mom and father. I start the story really, I start the story in the beginning, right? Like I, I, the prologue is the spiritual experience I have at 12, because like you said, 
I believe that my soul was so awakened that I was resisting being born in the womb. Mm -hmm. So now I'm born the first three days. My mother tells me when I'm older, she couldn't breastfeed me. She had no bottle, no milk. So I'm starving. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew what I was coming into, right? Like, I feel like it's yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like a contract, right? We have, we're like, okay, signed up for it. (laughs) But then we get here in the sentient, you know, we're in this physical body and we're like, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Exactly. But, but so dad and mom both, you know, had their traumas and they're bringing it to, and by the time I'm 12, I, the gift in all of that was, of course, it kept me tethered to the other world. It kept me tethered mm-hmm. to spirit so that I knew the truth. And then at 12, when I was really entertaining a lot of suicide ideation as a child, contemplating it seriously, and it was starting to occupy my thoughts a lot, I get pulled out of my body in the midst of a you know, another domestic violent incident with my mom and dad, I get pulled out of my body and spirit tells me those aren't your parents and that isn't your life. And then all of a sudden, of course, I remembered because I was one again with the infinite intelligence of everything. And I just felt this bliss. And I was like, don't send me back. (laughs) Please. Yes, I know. (laughs) And then boom, I was back. And of course, I went to my little Southern Baptist church and told them, you know, like I'm talking to God and he doesn't or she doesn't or it doesn't. Right. Because it's not a gender does not um, care what you believe. Like there is no heaven, there is no hell. There is just this, you know, and they of course sent me packing and it was very Christian of them. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very un- ungodly. And then it's just not under, you know, the heaven and hell is what we do with it on earth. The exactly. hell is what we put ourselves through. The heaven is the how, how, when we step into our soul and spirit and truly live in, in the joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, this this definition of it's this or that, it's all a form of control and, and fear. And fear, fear, when people are afraid, they give themselves up for other people exactly. to control. Yeah. And so fear sells and fear, you know, is the puppet strings. And if we exactly. don't want to be controlled, we've got to cut those strings and we've got exactly. to face that fear. We are sovereign, right? Mm. And we are the divine. Mm. It's not outside of us. We're not separate from it. And, you know, even in the Vedic teachings that go back 6,000 years, they say the reason why you suffer is you don't know the nature of true reality. And the nature of true reality is you are God. You're not separate. You're not the totality. It's like Rumi said, you know, you go to the ocean and, you know, you aren't just a drop in the ocean. If the ocean is God, you are the entire ocean in the drop. Yes. So we are the entire totality of this creative energy that gives rise to, you know, 8 billion species on this planet and everything, you know, there's not a, it's miraculous. Like yes. Einstein said, right. It's one of two ways to live life. One is though nothing's a miracle too, as though everything is. I mean, yeah. you and I are having this conversation here. You are up in Victoria, I'm here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, you know, this technology, everything, but it's just this beautiful experience that we get to have, right? And we're on a rock spinning through space 70,000 miles an hour. And the thing is, absolutely everything (laughs) is energy. Everything is in frequency, absolutely everything. And, you know, we are particles of the universe. The universe is the God creature. And, you know, whatever you want to label it at, source, energy, God, Gus, you, spirit, whatever. But it is, it is the whole and we are the particles of, and, and we are, we have been kind of shattered out into pieces to have individual experiences to bring back exactly. to the whole. Exactly. Right? And this, I agree human- 100% with you. You were speaking truth. Well, this experience that we're having as human beings is an experience that we bring back to the collective. Um, but when people just live as humanoids, as I put them, just from the mm-hmm. human aspect, they, they live in suffering and in struggle. Mm-hmm. But when you live with from the soul spirit, soul heart spirit, the knowingness, and that is your guidance, that is your compass, that is is the arm of God around you, then your human experience isn't so hard. And you understand why you're here, what you're here to do, and the joy you can get out of it. It does not mean, though, that you don't go through difficulties. I still go through difficulties when I watch humans hurt themselves and do what they do to themselves, to each other, because I don't understand why people inflict so much pain upon each other. 
Um, I when think I could share choice. with you something that might enlighten you on that. Um, there's two things that come to mind. One is, you know, the book, The Alchemist, Paolo yes. Cello. Yes. I love him because there's a documentary on Gaia called um, The Power of the Heart. I always have clients watch it. And he says in it, do you want me to tell you your heaven and your hell? Yeah. He said, I will tell you on your deathbed. I'm doing a Brazilian accent, yeah. by the way. <laughs> he says, he says, there will be a little boy or a little girl there. And if you know that little boy or little girl, that is your heaven. But if you don't, that is your hell. Mm -hmm. So the inner child, right? This, we are feeling sentient beings, right? Yes. We sense and we feel like you said, every cell in our body is intelligent. It knows you put a single cell on a Petri dish. You put a poison like bleach next to it. It's going to get as far away as it can from yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So these human, you know, we're using, I'm the operator of this nervous system. Yes. This, this is not who I am. Who I am is the consciousness of I'm using this body. Right. I, I refer to it as the vehicle, the vehicle yes. that we travel through this life with. Right. Yes. Uh, and, the, and the experiences that this vehicle have, it computes with our soul, heart and spirit uh, um, intellect. And that's what goes back. I know that I originally came here thousands of years ago to ignite heart and souls to the higher mm. platform and I've always done that but I also know that I've been persecuted many a lifetime because oh, of it and this too. this is yeah. kind of the first lifetime I've been what I call in recovery where I could step back into purpose step back into the meaning of my existence and not be persecuted mm, um, because I love the, that Sarah the time is right the, yes. I call it the consciousness is turning up the volume Yes. But the problem is with them when the consciousness turns up, people begin to become more aware. They become mm -hmm. more aware of things they've said and they've done. They feel guilty about it uh, or they want to just you know, la, 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 not, uh, you know, think about it. But this, the things, when we become aware of the things that we've done as human beings mm -hmm. and we look at it and we know that it's wrong. We know that behavior is wrong. We know that it does not serve anyone. It only hurts. We have the choice to change the frequency. Mm -hmm. So don't persecute to get stuck in what you have done. It's what are you going to do now? And what are you going to continue to do in turning up that volume of the of the consciousness in the future? That is the important thing. Well, there certainly is an acceleration. I agree with you. I think that, you know, when enough of us reach like this critical mass, it, it's begin to proliferate. Right. And mm -hmm. we it's like the story of the butterfly, you yeah. know, the the caterpillar metamorphosis. There's imaginal cells in the caterpillar, right? They start to awaken. And then, of course, the body of the caterpillar eats them up and kills them. And then they start to proliferate. And then it just takes the soup, the primordial yes. soup of the caterpillar eats it all up. But these imaginal cells are what each one of us are. Yes. But here's the thing. This is what I wanted to share with you. I don't know if you're familiar with the Michael teachings. Um, maybe I don't know. Tell me all so about the, it. So Michael is just a name, just like Abraham for a channel right. of non-local beings that are sharing this knowledge. And a shaman that I work with here is the one who shared it with me. There's been many books written about it. And, but here's what they said. This was pretty life-changing for me because I used to get really caught up. Even as a child, Sarah, I understood. I was so conscious because I'm an old soul yeah. that uh, of the adults around me and people like they couldn't process and know things that I knew. And I didn't know how I knew them. That's called I the knowingness, the right. knowingness. Yes. It was yes. like, I was eavesdropping yeah. on the mind of God. I yeah. knew things that adults didn't know. Yeah. But, and one of the things I would think a lot of when I would watch, cause I'm 57. So there was like that on Sundays, there was mutual of Omaha that had like a, a series all about like Africa and the tribes and all the, and I would see, oh, I grew up poor, but I would see, oh, some people have it worse than me. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay, I have some kind of privilege. So that's interesting. And it helped me obviously navigate a very turbulent childhood of poverty and mm -hmm. welfare and food stamps and not having enough, right? Now, this teaching, going over to the Michael teachings, they say that there's infant souls. There are souls on this planet that are still in infancy, which is survival. 
Yes. They aren't able to, they don't have enough lifetime experience. Mm -hmm. They haven't evolved their consciousness enough. Mm -hmm. We see them in parts of war-torn areas in the world where life expectancy, the Congo, they're having their vulvas cut out. Mm -hmm. They're drinking water, you know, that's polluted and they can't. So this is infant souls, according to this teaching. And then the soul keeps growing, gaining its lessons. Things are happening for me, as you started the conversation Mm -hmm. with. Then they go to baby soul. Now, baby souls where I got really caught because I was born around a bunch of babies. Yes. They were all very fundamentalist Christian. You know, they mm. were very hypocritical. You know, they would say one thing and do another. I would, I was the one that called them out on it. And I was a child. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. But I could see the hypocrisy, <laughs> yes. right? So those are baby souls. So it's, I always think, you know, babies have stranger danger. They don't want... Uh, they seek to make others like them. They mm-hmm. want familiarity. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. This teaching says, well, baby souls are very young, you know, and that's where they're at. So now I don't get upset if somebody tries yeah. to proselytize. I just think in my mind, it's a baby soul. They are consciously where they are. It's not right or wrong or good or bad. Yeah. It just is. Then I call them third dimensionalists. To, third dimensionalists. Yes, 3D. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, th- these are too. Then young soul um, yeah. go from baby to young. Young's are very America's a young soul country, very on about money, materialism, mm-hmm. you power. know, consumerism, power. Then we move to mature soul. Mature souls are very relationship oriented. And then we move to old soul. Old souls are visionaries. As they advance, they're in the Himalayas, they're in ashrams, monasteries, they're checked out, right? Because yeah. they're here still to help elevate the consciousness of the planet, but they're not doing the householder game, right? They're right. not marrying and doing all that. So I'm definitely, you're probably for sure, you know, we're both in our old soul phase in the early levels because we know we're here to elevate the consciousness of this planet. And it is tough being human. It's not hard. That's why people come to us. Yes. Right? Yes. It is. And, and, you know, for, for me, I would love to, to ascend into that shamanic level, but I know that, um, the reason why I do this work, I was given this work 11 years ago, 10 decade now of my own network. And it is, well, you know, the, the why am I doing it? Well, not only because all of these stories need to be said, all of these mm-hmm. insights need to be told for those that are ready to receive them. Right? Exactly. Once they're out there, I have no control of who picks it up, but who picks it up is somebody ready to receive it. So and just the information bureau here with all the wonderful information on there. And it's as much as I would love to go up to that other level. No, this is what you signed up for. You're here to ignite the hearts and the souls. <laughs> and this is the platform that you're now doing it on. Right. And so, you know, accepting that. Um and it's, I don't really want to go back to coaching. I don't really want to go back to that because it was painful. And here I still have the joy of celebrating the people that have embraced their heart and soul and spirit, that have stepped into that higher elevation, that are here to help others rise up as well. So actually it's a joy now, but it took a lot. I love hearing you say that because for me, even the book. So imagine mm-hmm. I write this book. It's deeply transparent, so personal you know, it's an expose of all the wounds and teaching the reader while I'm sharing the stories of, of the false beliefs my parents were operating from, of their level of consciousness, of, you know, things that, and of course, people who I'm doing all these publicity campaigns for and doing these podcasts get it. Yes. Because yes. they're my people. Right. And then and then the book gets in like net galley with these average reviewers and they're operating at a different level of consciousness. And they're like, oh, she's sharing too much or, oh, this is, this is needs trauma warnings or, you know, yes. the trigger warnings and this. Yeah. And, and as they say in England, airing your dirty laundry yes. in public. Yes. yes. Like how dare she? Yes. Because they're not at the level of consciousness yes. to receive it. And thank you so much for saying that. I needed to hear that because it is it is, I'm very vulnerable in the book, right? I'm sharing, I've had affairs. I'm sharing I was raped. I'm sharing I was molested. I mean, all of it. And, you know, but in spite of all of that, look at who I am today. I've created this emotional healing system, right? I have a healthy, loving relationships. I broke a cycle. My daughter is healthy and I have a beautiful grandson and, you know, they, she's lives in a very functioning life all because of this work right of of really saying i am awake i am here for a purpose mm-hmm. all that trauma happened to me for me as you said yes 
Mm-hmm. And I am going to use it, you know, lemon and make some really good sweet lemonade. <laughs> exactly. And actually, you know, it, lemon, I've got an, actually a thing, a, a post on lemon and all the benefits that it has. So, yes, so you know, using the benefits of the lemon. But I've just written yeah. my memoir as well. Yeah. Uh, but I've oh, written it more in, it. in um more in the kind of perspective. I haven't gone into huge detail on the things that have happened. They happened. You know, for me, a long time ago, I let go of it. Um, but it's that it's what it did for me. So I've mm-hmm. emphasized on what it did for me. But one of the things that I saw as a thread going all through it is the sense of loneliness. And mm. the, the loneliness was is because since I've been doing the podcasting, I have met more of my vibe tribe. Yes. Right? But before that, I was people were drawn to me like the butterfly kind of, you know, took the nectar they needed and then repelled back from me as fast yes. as they could. Yes. And it's like, it's, I've gone through life, you know, the introverted extrovert, um, but feeling very, very lonely because I didn't feel anybody saw me, mm. right? Saw me. And, and it was like, okay, sorry, get out of your ego. Nobody needs to see you. But at the same time, it's a lonely place. So I understand that, you know, in writing that, being vulnerable, putting yourself down on the page, mm. um, already you've shared your guts, right? <laughs> and then when other people come up with their opinion, the hardest thing to do is detach yourself from that opinion. And I yes. would say from 11 years of doing podcasting, I've learned to do that because I've had so many people tell me, you should do it this way. You should do it that way. You need to do oh, this. Yeah. You need to do yeah. that. <laughs> and I say, look, I do it Sarah's way. Take it or exactly. leave it. Yeah, like, I do me, to, you do you. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody else has taken, I'm going to do Sarah, right? Exactly. But it, I'm 68 and it took when I started this at 57, it took an awful long time for me to give myself permission mm. to stand tall as Sarah and say, take me or leave me because I yes. was always trying to bend into a pretzel to be what other people wanted me to be because I felt that was expected of me. You talked about as a child channeling. I call that the knowingness. It's when the wisdom from the soul comes through into the heart of truth, into the spirit of action, and the mind will know what the mind needs to know when it needs to know it. it, And I used to come out with these profound things and people say, can you repeat that? No. Do you understand what you said? No. (laughs) That happens to me. You need to know. I just tapped into a stream of consciousness. Okay. It just came through me. I don't Uh know what I said, right? Exactly. We're vessels. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, it's just like, there it is. Do what you do with it, you know? And it's like, I was considered the odd child, except Mm -hmm. for one or two teachers that kind of understood I was that way. And then I would have wonderful conversations with them. But I kind of didn't fit into any norm anywhere along the line. Yeah, right. I can relate to that. You're speaking my language, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite honest, when I look at what norm is, it's thank God. Thank yeah. God I was not in that norm because... No, you're that, extraordinary. You're not I, ordinary. You know, we, we, I'm extraordinary. We all have potential yeah. to be extraordinary. Yeah. Yet we, I think it's based on soul age. I do, yes. that's why I shared that. And I think it's based on how hungry the soul is how ready is it to be awakened and how deeply entrenched is the personality covering that soul so it can't yes. really break through right yeah um, i had many people- lifetimes of dormancy where my soul couldn't take the abuse anymore so it re- rescinded you know retracted and this mm. was the lifetime for it to come back out um thank Beautiful. goodness <laughs> thank goodness you were but- talking about what people think about you one of my teachers debbie ford she said that um you don't care what people think. And here's how I know that's true. And she said, and it made perfect sense. This is when I got it. She said, think of a time when someone complimented you and you deflected and couldn't receive the compliment. Yes. She said, <laughs> yes. if you really cared what they thought, you would be like, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. bring on the compliments. Right. But as soon as they criticize you, yes, you think you care what they think. No, only because you agree with it. Right. So mm-hmm. as soon as you could say, you know, what do I think they think or what is it? Yeah. And you embrace that because in this human experience, we can be everything. And, you know, parts therapy is one of the things I teach in the emotional healing system at my retreats is, is this idea of 360 degree personality. Robert Bly wrote in his book, The Little Book of the Human Shadow, that it's like we carry this bag behind us, right? And it's full of all these parts of ourselves we've judged and disowned and denied mm-hmm. because society, yeah. conforming, all of that. 
And then we get somewhere, usually the midlife crisis, although people are waking up sooner. I'm working yes. with a lot more 20 something, 30 yes. year olds. And even kids. Oh, indigo kids. Yes. Yeah. Well, in Crystal Rainbow, they're really mm. indifferent. My grandson's seven and he's definitely a rainbow child. I mean, mm. the child was very evolved. He knows things. He he was um, had telepathy before he spoke. He could communicate yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him when he was first born, you know, they can't even see, look straight in your yeah, eyes, I know. right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of looking around. And I said to him, who are you in my mind? He stopped. He looked straight dead in my eyes and said, your father. Ah, that's interesting. Yes. So I think I birthed here, my father and my son. <laughs> Good uh, and bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I, when, I have a, I have my a, dad, as you know, in the book, my dad is very, you know, he was very volatile. So it was hard for me to kind of accept that. But then I thought, you know, we don't know. Everything's a mystery. My father might have been this you know, monster in many ways, yet everyone's not inherently all bad. And what if this is redemption life? (laughs) Right. Yes. Right. What if that soul showed up to be, because I see my mom and dad, my mom was mentally ill. She had um, bipolar and Mm. she had borderline personality disorder and she was um, very erratic and, and of course uh, depressed Mm. a lot. And my dad was an alcoholic and, you know, but I began to look at them once I understood reincarnation and Mm -hmm. adopted it as a belief as, oh, they showed up to, they were the perfect characters in this movie, this illusion that I'm playing on this planet for me to have the recipe to become the emotional healing educator that I am. Exactly. Exactly. Everything that we've gone through, everything that we experience is that, you know, it's, um, for eight years of my life, through a very turbulent marriage, I kind of retreated. My, my soul and spirit couldn't take any, the abuse anymore, so I retreated in. And then I was getting too too comfortable in the darkness um, mm. because then you kind of, it's very easy to get uh, into apathy right there. Um, and then, it, but I kept seeing the light. And when I finally kind of came out into the light, it was initially blinding and you felt like the shadows were chasing you all the time. Oh. And then it got, then it was, it's okay. I, I now can go into the darkness for I am the light, right? I'm the light in that darkness. The darkness is peaceful for me. It is calm for me. And I can shed light on anything I need to shed light on and yes. nothing to be afraid for. It's also in the blinding of the light. We need the contour of the darkness to give it shape. And it's like not to look at something as evil and good, but to look at how we can blend things exactly. that can complement each other. And I think that's when when forgiveness steps in, when understanding mm-hmm. fits in, when it's not like she's wrong, he's right. When we look at both are wrong and right, but where where does it come together where they make it collectively right? Right. Exactly. And that's and that is something we have to do with our inner child, that collective right. I look at my inner child who is incredibly now. I played with dead people growing up. I was a very sickly mm-hmm. child and I played with dead spirits. I've been a reader, Romani reader, since I was extremely young. I'm a visionary and I see things and I go off into different dimensions. I've always done that. But I had to learn to keep it quiet because Mm -hmm. it was something that was frowned upon. And I never could live up to the human expectation. Mm. Because academically, I never finished school. Um, So it was always thrown at me, the academic, you're not educated, you're not educated, you're not educated. And it was me living up to that lack. You know, um, that's what people expect of me, I'll be lack. But then not seeing the abundance within me that had nothing to do with academics. And that was laid in my soul and my spirit. And when my heart engaged that again, Mm -hmm. it truly then could illuminate and step out and be what it was meant to be because I let go of the expectation and I think so much of our emotional trauma is the expectation of society of parental of religion of education of life itself put on someone which is an illusion it's delusional Mm -hmm. and the reason why our souls and hearts can't live up to it is because it's fake news this living Mm -hmm. up to this expectation And when we learn that, I think that's when we start giving ourselves permission to actually understand who we are, why we are, and what we're really here to do. 
Mm -hmm. I agree. Willing to take the journey. We've got to be willing to take the journey. Not, oh, this is just it, or this is just who I am, or, or you know, wh what do I expect of myself? It's, it's that constant winning to explore. There is Well, most people live more. so external, right? Yeah. They live yes. object referring. We're raised one of two ways, either ex to externalize our worth or internalize it. And most people, yes. it's externalized. Yes. There, we Like we said earlier, there's few people who were raised by emotionally intelligent parents. Let's face it, we, we are just now as humans becoming aware that our emotions matter because the thoughts we think create emotion. Yes. Right. And or so disruption. <laughs> an emotion is energy in motion. Yes. It creates our behavior. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can begin to really monitor the mind, that's why the emotional healing system, when I was eight years old, around seven or eight, my mom came home from being in a mental institution. You know, she would have electroconvulsive therapy and she would come back in a very high state of consciousness, rewired. And mm. she would download into me. She was reading, you know, Raymond Moody, Near-Death Experiences, um, Edgar Casey, The Sleeping Prophet, Linda Goodman, you know, Sun Signs and Astrology. She was into the occult, but then she would lose it after yes. a while because somebody who can't change their environment goes back mm. to the same habitual patterns. Yes. But me, a child, because I'm being just downloaded, I'm a sponge. Mm. She's downloading all of this. And I began, of course, nature was my refuge yeah. as a child. So I spent a lot of time in nature because nature operates from a universal law of least effort. Mm. There's nothing happening. When I was in nature, I felt peace. Yes. I felt connection supported. I, oh, I just felt yes. like everything was going to yes. be okay. Yeah. And so that's why on the cover of the book, I chose the little girl running mm. through nature because that was a, my refuge as a yeah. child was being in nature. It still is. I, I always mm. say nature is my, my temple, you know, yeah. that's where I go. And, and even, you know, I mean, you know, I say to people, when people say, I don't know how to open my heart, it's been broken and I'm scared to open it. And I say, go out in nature. Let the rustle mm -hmm. of the leaves speak to you. Let the ocean kissing the shore. Let mm -hmm. the breeze running through your hair, the laughter of children, the puppy mm -hmm. dog chasing a stick. If you can't crack a smile, if you can't <laughs> feel something in your heart when you see yeah. that, maybe you're beyond redemption. But, yeah. you know, it's the thing is when we get outside the thing about our emotions, they indicate what's going on in our life at the time. And if we look at it and go, well, what's causing me to be angry or sad or this or that? Uh, and we and we address it. But we don't address it. We ferment it. We become emotional about the emotion. And very yeah, often it's called emotional addiction. Exactly. Yes. And if we could look at the emotion uh, and understand where it's coming from and then address it, then we mm -hmm. can move on from the emotion. But we don't. We let it ferment and it creates on a life of its own. It gets uh, completely out of control. And if you try and ask the person, where did it all come from? They couldn't tell you anymore. They're just in mm -hmm. that spiral. And it's like the emotions are there as an indication. They're not for you to be emotional about the emotion. And that's something we need to learn to handle our emotions and understand the messaging in the emotion and not get emotional about. And that's, you know, that's why I teach reparenting. So if our emotional self is the inner child, because mm. when we were children, we perceived everything through our lens of emotion, yeah. right? Because the mind's not developed. So, you know, we connect with our emotions. So there's two sets of emotions. There's core and wounded. The core emotion is a painful feeling of being human someone dies, we grieve. We can't yeah. get out of life without these core feelings. Right. Something external is happening and we internal. feel it. Mm -hmm. Right. No, it's all happening external, but it creates a feeling. Mm -hmm. Grieving, yeah. helplessness over mm -hmm. others. If people are behaving in a way, we can't control others. Right. So we're helpless mm -hmm. over them. We, mm -hmm. We're irresponsible over how people show up loneliness you brought mm. that up mm. if we're connected and there's no one to connect with we feel lonely mm. um fear and present danger mm -hmm. and um heartbreak heartache you know mm. people do and say things to us that are intentionally to hurt us yes. and it breaks our heart now those are core painful now those are something external is happening i'm feeling this way now 
here's everything you were sharing were all wounded emotions. So yes. here's how I would teach someone. If you're feeling anxious, well, it wasn't one of those core feelings. Nothing outside of you is happening. Well, they say to me, well, yeah, you know, I could lose my job. They're telling me, you know, and mm. I'm anxious about it. Okay, well, you haven't lost your job yet. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a story internally. Yes. So those are internal. So you begin to create stories. We are storytellers, humans. We are, yes. you know, we love to share a story. So we're constantly 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day telling a story. Mm -hmm. So we begin to tell a story about whatever's happening or what we're afraid, worst mm. case scenario. Then we create, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the shame, the guilt, mm -hmm. all by a story. So we create our own suffering. You're right. Then we get addicted to it because the same receptor sites in our brain of a heroin addict are the same receptor sites of an emotional addict. Yes. I just worked with one. I had three men here this past week. One of them was a 29-year-old uh, man, and he he could not hear what we were teaching him. Mm. He he couldn't receive it. He was so addicted to being a um, you know, a taker essentially, making other people responsible for his feelings. He couldn't take responsibility. That's very so narcissistic. Very. He was very narcissistic. He would create, you know, situations and then he would over exaggerate them and get really, you know, upset about it and then couldn't take responsibility right. for it. Continued the, blame the pattern, the yeah. blaming, mm -hmm. even though we're teaching him. Yes. This no. is what you're doing. Yes. He still couldn't because yeah. he was so addicted to it. It was like yep. he had to get that fix. Yeah. Whether it was the cricket that woke him up in the night and that mm. shouldn't have happened. And he's going to make us wrong because we shouldn't allow a cricket in the in the uh -huh. place he was staying at our healing center. Mm. How dare we allow a cricket in <laughs> as if we have control over that. Right? Right. It was just focusing on everything that was wrong. Right. And this is what people do. Yes. And it creates emotional addiction, as you said. And yeah. Well, I mean, I think narcissism is almost on the rise. Oh, and I it, do too. And especially um, in this younger generation. And especially politically, which I'll not oh, mention yes. names. <laughs> but exactly. When you, and when you look at really, I mean, the thing about narcissism, until they realize they are narcissistic and they choose to change their ways, it's everybody else's fault. It's never yes, theirs. Exactly. They've never done anything wrong. It's all that's been done wrong to them. Exactly. And so sometimes it's just like, you know, a dead end street with a narcissist because you can only help those that are willing to help themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they're not willing to take ownership over what is happening and it's everybody else's fault, then how can you help them? Yeah, you can't. No, you can't. No. Cause this, this is a sojourn. Yes, we are connected with everything, but we are individual souls as well as a collective soul. Yes. And our individual soul is here, as you said before, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And we're here to grow and learn. You know, that's why I share this story. That's why I'm sure you shared your memoir is to say, yeah, look what happened. And in spite of all of that, I take responsibility. Yes. And the thing I won't is even work with anyone who doesn't believe in reincarnation. I tell them right. to read many lives, many masters. Now I'm booked till next year in my private work. And it's because I'm very selective because yes. I can't pull somebody. You can no. lead the horse to water. You can't make them drink. I always say that, however, you leave them there long enough and they're going to realize they're thirsty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some people that will still not drink the water out of spite, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like, what can you do with them? They're very third dimensional. But, you know, the the other thing about it, it we as individuals have to realize that there is something that is not congruent in ourselves the injured child or what has happened to us, we have to take ownership that on some vibrational level, we allowed it to happen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe eventually we stood up like I did in my marriage, but I take ownership that I handed him the boots to kick me with. He has mm -hmm. to take ownership that he put the boots on and kicked, right? But I was operating, you know, for after being beaten down for so long, I was operating on a very low frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's only when I started turning that frequency up. Mm -hmm. And in actual fact, when I asked for a divorce, it was you know, a, a woman with the pendulum had got rid of past lifetimes. And he said that um, bloody woman with the pendulum took the control I had over you away from me. Oh, 
And that summed it all up right there, right? I had given my power over. I had given my control over. And then I was upset when it was used against me. So I had to take responsibility that if I want you to treat me right, I have to raise my own elevation, my own frequency. So you treat me on that frequency and I don't even acknowledge you if you don't. Yeah, I had a similar, I mean, my my ex-husband was never really abusive overtly. It was always covertly. Yes. And until I did exactly what you did, I took responsibility that I am in a relationship with someone who is mirroring back to me that I don't value and love myself. Yes. So the work, the buck stops here. Yes. It lies here. Yes. And I've got to learn how to love and value myself so I can attract a partner who can mirror that back or I'd rather be alone. And so when I I left him, I did the work. I really dove deep. I was already a teacher. I was already doing Mm -hmm. this, but it was my next level to rise up vibrationally and say, okay, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Like I called all those adults when I was a child, Uh I'm actually going to live this work. And that means facing my fears of being alone. Yes. I was 49 years old. Oh my God. What if I never meet anybody? What if I'm an old woman with no, you know, with cats and no husband? And (laughs) what if I'm going to be like my mother or a hermit or, you know, and I really got clear in the book. I end the last few chapters. It's really a love story Mm. because it's a love story of how I learned my, to love myself in spite of society telling me I was trash or I wasn't good enough or I wasn't. And then, or I wasn't smart enough. I didn't finish college. Oh, I didn't take the traditional route or Mm -hmm. all of that. Who am I to share my gifts if I'm not, oh, like the world says, you know, with a degree or all of that. I had to just throw that all out and just say, no, I am a soul and I am here for a purpose and I am deserving and I am lovable. And when I met my husband, it was because I left a retreat that I was at a meditation retreat. On, on day two, you know, when or day three, when I am spent all this money, but spirit kept saying, leave, leave, leave. And I finally said, well, I meditate to listen to the voice. I left. Mm-hmm. I get on a plane. I meet this doctor <laughs> who lives an hour from me. He's going through a divorce. Well, a few weeks into talking with him and getting to know him, I realized he hasn't even filed for a divorce. Oh. I did something I'd never done before. I said, because I told little Jana, Mm -hmm. I choose you over everybody. This journey is between me and you. And as long as I'm here for you and I love you and I know everything you've been through your whole life and I'm so proud to be you and I'm going to advocate for you. And if it's just you and I, that's enough. Yes, I fell in love with myself so much that I chose me. There's a Rumi poem It says, by God, when you see the beauty of yourself, you'll fall down in awe. Yeah. And I did. I fell down in awe. And so I said to this man who I had, you know, really excitement about like, oh, I think I've met my, like, Mm -hmm. it it feels right. You know, this is my twin flame. And I said, you know what? I I just realized you're not divorced. You're not even filed yet. That doesn't work for me. I said these words, Sarah, I am a woman of value Mm -hmm. and I value myself. And I don't date married men. Mm -hmm. And he was like, whoa. And um, that was on a Thursday on Monday. He filed. Right. Right. He showed me he had integrity. He showed me, you know, that. But I, it didn't matter because I choose me. And even in my marriage, I choose me. If you don't, what are you bringing to the marriage? Yeah. You know, I was, I was bringing expectation to my marriage. I was bringing what, you know, he, quote, if he did, if he was capable of love, fell in love with, I had to actually teach him to love through our children, but he fell in awe of me through my spirit, my spirituality, and then systematically kind of beat it down. He was a brow beater of what I call, you know, I didn't get the physical beating, but I got the piranha beating where they sucked the life out of you. Yes. And people didn't, he would never do it in front of friends he liked, and everybody thought that we were a perfect couple couple of my friends he didn't care for so he didn't care if he did it in front of them right and they said i've just seen your entire life force being sucked out of you mm-hmm. right and, and it, it literally physically broke me down and mm. it was a hard journey to come back because i developed fibromyalgia because of it 
because literally I broke down to such a low point that my health was mm-hmm. extremely bad. And I think a lot of people get cancer at that point because, you know, mm-hmm. that is the disease of, of sorrow. And it was a long journey to come back. And then five and a half years later, I, I date someone else and we go into business together. My kids absolutely hated him. He was good for me on certain levels because he allowed me to embrace my own capabilities and my own spirit. But I stayed too long. Mm. That was something, you know, like, Sarah, you, I thought you'd learned this lesson, but, you know, it still took me longer. And then I finally, this is it. I'm on my own. I haven't dated. It's very hard. I live with a 90-year-old. I go down and see my my daughter and her two, my two beautiful grandchildren. I go over mm. and see my other two children in Vancouver. And, and I'm doing this. And so it's like, I don't mix in the world out there to kind of because I don't know where to go to meet my tribe right yeah. so even if I go out there and make friends they're drawn to me and then again it's the pushback because my my energy is too high for them but yep. it's altitude okay. direction I, I like my own company and it took me a long yes. time to say I yeah. like my own company I'm exactly. all right with it you yeah. know I love if I meet that. somebody great but if I don't that's okay I love it yeah in the I end, can, you know, to, we have, like Shakespeare said, above all else, to thine own self be true. And if we're not true to ourselves, then what we haven't done is learned the reason of why we're here. Because it's in the truth of ourselves that is the purpose of why we're here. Exactly. And that is what the gift of who we are is what we're here to share. How exactly. can we get, how can we share a false gift? We have to yeah. share the true gift that is coming from the heart, soul, and spirit of you. Exactly. And it means that you've got to participate. You have to participate in your own life. It isn't going to someone saying, fix me. It isn't band-aiding. It isn't taking, you know, the drugs, the drink, the this, the that to, to numb it. We've all been there. It doesn't work. I promise you, folks, it does not work. When you're willing to participate in your own healing and you're willing to go to retreats, you're willing to go to someone like you, willing to, to say, look, this is me. I'm confused. I'm a mess. I need guidance of how to channel myself up to that higher elevation and let this go. We're not meant to do it alone. We are meant to reach out to other people that help us. They don't do it for us. They guide us on the journey. They guide us on that path for us to do it for ourselves. And then when you get there to that higher elevation, And you understand why you're here and what you're here to do. And you love it. You get up every day doing what you're doing because you love it. You love the purpose of you. You love the reason of you. You love the energy of you. And you are at home and at peace with yourself. You'll understand every bit of that journey was worth it. Yes, absolutely. But you've got to participate in your own existence, in your own journey. Nobody pay someone else to take their journey for them. And nobody gets to A to Z without going through the rest of the alphabet. I always say to clients, you know, because there are some like the young, you know, fellow that just came, they think by paying Mm. that it's just by osmosis, they're going to, you know, oh, I paid, I should be healed now. You know, like there's no work to do. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) They're paying you for the guidance of like here is the path here are the skills and the tools on your path I'm there to cheerlead you on I'm there to when you get to the roadblocks but you've got to put the one foot in front of the other exactly it all that's what the journey of life is all about this is why this network is called (laughs) self-discovery I love it it's to discover who we are, why we are, and what we're here to do. And the to rise up to that higher elevation that the universe and us as human beings are one. We've been so disconnected, humanoids, human, you know, spiritual humans. And now it is about that coming together as a spiritual human that can rise up. And that's that's why the volume has been turned up on us. And has been for quite a while. And that's why there's an urgency for us to rise up to that higher elevation and be willing to put in the work. And that's why, you know, I wrote this book. My husband's co-authoring the next book, The Emotional Healing System. And yeah, we, you know, really feel because we've been so blessed with such a healthy, loving connection, conscious relationship, 
that, you know, when you're given much, much is asked. Mm -hmm. I believe each soul is here with a purpose, a unique gift and talent that no one else has. And that's what that core child wants. You know, when we were little, we believe we could do anything. We could grow up and do anything and then we lose it. Yes. the imagination is what's required. So a big piece of our, of this emotional healing system that I created is learning to harness the power of your imagination. As Einstein said, again, um, imagination's more important than knowledge mm-hmm. because it'll take you where knowledge never could. And so really harnessing your imagination to see if I was doing something that I could lose track of time and space that was really lighting me up, what would that be? It may or may not be a vocation. It could be something else. You know, everybody always ties everything to money, which money's energy, right? Yes, yes. It, yeah, it's a transaction. It's a yes. It's a tra- mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's and and we're all deserving of, mm-hmm. of that, right? But it's really just about what lights your soul up. What do you mm-hmm. do? And from the time I was young, these kind of conversations we've had today are what light me up so exactly thank you so I'm, much i'm right with you there <laughs> no i'm right with you there because you know soul sister you know we have yes. we understand but but we also understand the pain from which we came from you know you know and when you were describing the cord around your neck in the womb immediately i got well you didn't want to be born you knew what you were coming into no 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 yes. <laughs> right that was you putting the stamper and then the universe saying ah uh-uh, you signed up yeah. for it you've got to yeah. go and experience this we're all we all sign a soul contract before we come here absolutely i believe that too the experience that we have here you know sometimes especially when we're young it's out of our control as to what happened to us uh, or what we even do with it but as we grow and we know that is wrong um i don't like that i do have a voice it's about discovering the voice it's about igniting the heart and soul uh it's about tuning in and allowing your your inner self to have that voice of saying, no more, I will not be, I am free. And but that is, we see so much more today that many of the children are speaking up early, that are standing mm-hmm. up early. They're not waiting until 30, 40, 50, you know, to come to that realization. They're, they're speaking out now. And uh, they're the movers and the shakers of changing the world. Mm-hmm. But we look at, as you said, the people war-torn the people that are still in me rights you know the hate rhetoric and and the the dividers and the people that are so fearful or so godly fearful that they don't realize they're feeding the hell side of life um right right? they just don't acknowledge that because they're hiding behind this other it's up to them it's up to them if they wish to break that cycle all we can do is be the example we can be the inspiration, we can be the illumination, but nobody can pull them out of where they are and make them walk. No. That no. is free will. That's the one thing as humans we have is the free will. And well, you... I would say most people don't. Well, there are and some he- people that are in prison, why. so well, we don't have it, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking about free will over the mind. So the mind is what mm. controls people. And yeah. so if they're, you know, most people don't have meditation practices. They don't have discipline mm-hmm. to sit and master where their attention is. Your attention is your most valuable asset. So if I am living from a prison of the past, the known, mm. and I've, you know, got a belief, say you take somebody who believes they're not good enough. And then someone comes along and is dismissive to them and pushes that button. They get triggered. There's no free will there. There's free will when you can get your buttons pushed and you Mm. can hold the tension and not say or do anything and react. That's free will. Right. Most people don't have it. Right. Yeah. That that choice to to say this is wrong. Um, I don't want this and I'm willing to to look at what is right but that well an example last week I was at a a physician's office and the um, office manager had made they had made a mistake with my appointment well you know a normal customer service would have just been oh we're so sorry you know she wanted to be right and I had to be wrong right and then she wanted me to admit I was wrong I got it wrong now there's absolutely no way I got it wrong I put it immediately in my 
you know, calendar. I book it was an out of state appointment. So I mm-hmm. booked a flight. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everything was around this, right? right? And it was seven months out. The appointment was made. So a week before the appointment, they say, oh no, it's, it's not a in-person visit. It's a telemedicine visit with this doctor. So I was like, there's absolutely no way. I said, but regardless, I'm coming. So can you fit me in? I mean, do you, she wanted to argue. She, it was so uncomfortable yes. to sit there. I was, my heart was racing, but I was managing. I was regulating my emotional state because as an emotional healing teacher, yes. I do live what I teach. Yeah. So do I sometimes lose my temper? Of course I'm yes. human. But in this situation, I knew how to monitor my heart, how to slow it down, to talk to myself internally so that she did not take my power because as soon as I would have met her where she was at yes. and argued I lost she well, already her power won. would be to get a rise out of you yes that's if you don't wanted. give the rise then you know the, the that the, takes free will most that, people don't yeah. have it they would have yeah. reacted yes exactly yeah. and you know yeah it, you know it does it doesn't mean that this life is perfect because no. we're still in the human vessel we still have to go through the human um, experience but when when you are in soul, heart, spirit, in that beautiful yeah. triangle, it just helps you get through that human experience when it's uncomfortable, uh, and it you know becomes your safe place. And um, and it's I still suffer from the sadness because you know as an empath, very often I feel the wave of sorrow that comes over me. Me and too. Then, yeah. And I have to go and do what I need to do for me music that helps reset the the equilibrium and mm-hmm. rebalance again because I think one of the thing when we get to this level we want everyone to feel like this and we would like everyone to heal and we have to realize that some people's suffering is their journey because it's suffering true. is a choice struggle is is inevitable but suffering is the choice and you do you choose to suffer in that yeah or do you choose to change it I'm struggling to come out of it and you know it's how we speak to ourselves yeah. Now we speak to our heart and soul because the mind does have to align with the heart, soul and spirit. There has I to agree. be a, a conversation. So I talk agree. to me about the retreats and what goes on there. Yeah. So the retreats, the emotional healing group experience is a five day retreat. We guide either through private, semi-private here in Santa Fe, or we choose locations all over the world from Hawaii, Costa Rica. We've done them. I've done them in France. So we'll pick a location and it's a five day deep dive immersive into your, your history of origin into, you know, like group hypnotherapy processes. We do yoga every day. We teach them how to meditate, give them a mantra. We, you know, embodiment practices, somatic movement, learning how to, the body keeps a score. Right. And Mm. so what, like you said earlier, the cells hold memory. And so we do a lot of breath work processes, things to mobilize those cells, to expel them, kind of rebirth ourselves, really. And um, we do forgiveness. We teach people. It's kind of like that saying, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day. You teach him, feed him for a lifetime. We're teaching people the essential skills of an emotionally intelligent human. So then now they don't need therapy. They yeah. can be their own therapist, right? Yes. They they have a process. They don't need someone to listen to them because they're listening to themselves. Yes. They're a good parent to themselves, right? Yeah. So it's really learning essentially to parent yourself, to be a healthy, loving adult connected in your heart. And, you know, so the group retreat experience is a beautiful experience. We also just came out of the studio. We created four days of filming a on um, a at home retreat. So somebody Mm -hmm. who can't afford to fly somewhere can pay and do an online course. They have it for life. There's beautiful videos and audios of the hypnotherapy. So everything we do in a, in a live group is available online. And and on keeps going. Every time you feel like you're falling off the wagon, you've got this resource to go back and do it again. Exactly. 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 Uh, Wonderful. And of course, your book comes out July 12th. But right now people can uh, pre-order it. Can you tell us where they can do that? 
Well, pre-ordering is for an ebook, and and mine uh, my uh, book will not be available until July twelfth. So there is actually no pre-ordering. Okay. On my website, there's a link that says pre-order the book, um, but I'm probably taking that down because there is no pre-order. That people who have clicked on that, it would just be me sending the book to them, and okay. I don't want to do that. The book will be available on Amazon. Barnes and Noble Press. It'll be on every online retailer. Amazon, of course, being the biggest lion share of book sales and 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 such. So, um, yeah, it's my grandson's birthday, so I chose July twelfth really to you know acknowledge him and celebrate that I wrote this book for a legacy, yeah, for my family to say, here's where you came from. And I broke a cycle and you take this work and you carry it forward into the world because that's who we are. And that's what we're about. We're here to make a difference. We're here to shine our light. And I hope that my grandchildren, you know, pick that torch up and carry it. Exactly. Uh, And that is the reason for life. So your site is Jana Wilson. J-A-N-A-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. And it's also the EmotionalHealingRetreat.com for the retreat. You're also on Facebook, Jana Wilson 2017. You're also on Instagram, Emotional Healing Retreat. So people can reach out to you in any which way. Then the course of the book, uh, obviously you're going to be blasting it all over your social medias and everyone, uh, everywhere once it uh, comes live, wives, little yes. one. And we learn from somebody else's journey. You know, it becomes, a, it comes like, I relate, well, that happened to me or that you did that, I should try it. And that's, you know, that's why we write this. It's not about ego. We want everyone, I had people ask me for my story and I, you know, wasn't really interested in putting it out there. And then it just became okay. And maybe if there's some person that gets some light out of it or, you know, relates to it or, you know, there's something I've said that helps pivot them in a different direction, mm-hmm. you know, who am I to hold it, worth it back? It. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you've been vulnerable enough to really, you know, share. Yeah. And I think vulnerability is the greatest gift you can give yourself and anyone else. It right. Is. You're giving it in trust. Uh, and mm. yes, you will have the people that were judged, but you, that will be water off the back because... That's their issue, not yours. And so sharing that vulnerability for somebody else who's also going out there out there and they see where you are now, who you are now, what you're doing now. It just may be that pivot that they need in their life to believe in themselves and be willing Mm -hmm. to take their own journey. Right. And that's that's exactly you just said it in a nutshell. That was my intent right in the book. Right. To say, hey, people, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. And we all can. It comes down to our choice. We all can. And that's the importance of it. Thank you so much for sharing here today. It's been an absolute delight having you on here with me. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a delight for me as well. Please, folks, ignite your heart, soul and spirit. Listen to the guidance. Let it come through you. It will show you a path. But remember, you are an inside out person not an outside in and when you go in and start healing the inside then you'll truly really start living on the outside until next time bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show there are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening we are here to serve you to help you on your journey of life And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.